Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Before I had uh, knee surgery, I um, started this series on uh, this is my body, which was broken for you. And we went through that, what the word in, in, uh, in uh, ancient Hebrew means. And it's an amazing thing. And then we started going into, and this is my blood. And uh, one of the most powerful things we can teach you is the blood of Jesus. It's an amazing thing. You think about Jesus shedding his blood seven times. You think about on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year. You think about them taking and sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat, on the seat of power and anointing and miracles seven times. And so we're going to get back into this. But I wanted my first message for 2023, something that you can build the whole year on. And I really thought I was going to be back in the pulpit um, uh, a couple weeks ago, but it, it took a little longer for me to, to get going. But I want you to listen to this message on making joy a spiritual experience. Amen. Now, I want you to hear about that. Making joy a spiritual experience. Read with me in Ephesians chapter 5 starting with verse 8. You who were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Now look at this next verse, because I'm going to read it to you in a closer, a closer English translation than what we have here my translation says proving what is acceptable to the lord but the closer translation is determine what is acceptable unto the lord now i'm going to explain that in a minute determine what it is that pleases god now when i first read this and everything i read i read i try to read and go back and study it in the original language because we lose a lot in the English language. Now, I always say this, and if you're new, please don't get up and walk out on me. Jesus didn't speak Greek. Amen? He didn't speak Greek. He spoke Western, Arama Western Aramaic, a form of ancient Hebrew. And so when we read the Bible, isn't it fun to go and see what Jesus really was saying? So determine... The Aramaic word is parash, which means to spread out and closely examine. And so what the Lord is saying here is we're to take our lives and we're to spread it out and we're to look at every part of our life to see what is pleasing in our life to the Lord. Now, as soon as I say that, we have a religious background that says, well, I've got to pray more and I've got to study more and I've got to fast more and I've got to uh, uh, um, do this and do that. And, and, uh, and all of that is great. 
But in reality, that's not what God is talking about. And remember, the Bible says the end times will get back to paradise by taking the four revelations and connecting them together, and God shows us a secret. God's going to show you a secret today. God's going to show you a secret today. Determine, lay your life out before the Lord. Look at your life. Look at what you do. Look at how you live. Lay that out. Now, when you do that, there may some be some things that you need to pull out of there because they are not pleasing to the Lord. I got three amen out of a thousand people. Come on. Right? That's why the Bible says before we have the Lord's Supper, before we take Passover, we're to examine ourselves. Here's a little leaven I need to take out of here. And that's good because when we take a little leaven out, he puts the blessing in. So we're to lay our life out before the Lord and examine it. Then it says what is ple- what pleases the Lord. Now, the word please is a very interesting Aramaic word, and it's the word shepara, and it means lay your life out and see what is harmonious with God. What is a unifier that you're doing in your life with God. Now I'm going to explain this. This is such an amazing thing. Without getting into a whole long detail because of the time, what God is talking about here, and I'm going to tie it in with ancient Jewish wisdom is, take your life, spread it out before the Lord, and look what is in your life that makes you one with God. Ancient Jewish wisdom says the most important thing in your life to connect you to the essence of what God is, is joy. They say without joy, you can't even hear from God. Without joy, you can't have the gifts of the spirit. And so ancient Jewish wisdom says, look at your life and say, what is it in my life that brings me joy because that joy connects me to the very essence of a wonderful, wonderful God? Amen. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step on some religious toes here in a minute, and uh, it's good for you. I thank God for the group that led me to the Lord. They're street evangelists. They were out there. They saw me as a drug addict, smoking dope, long hair, needle marks on my arms. And Bill Trujillo walks up to me while I'm smoking dope and says, I couldn't leave until I told you Jesus is who you're looking for. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, thanks. And he kept coming back, brought me to church and everything. And finally, you know, I went to the church and man, I felt the presence of God got saved. I got saved. And I felt better being saved than I did being a sinner. But you know what somebody in Israel told me one time? The devils invented American Christianity to take all the joy out of knowing God. Now, I want you to hold on to understand this scripture is saying, take your life, spread it out, and look at it, 
And I'm making this as simple as I can. What is it in your life that brings you joy? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, when I got saved, the group that I got saved with, and thank God, they're wonderful, they're wonderful people, and, you know, uh, you know thank God bless them. But they told us everything that is not spiritual, you have to remove from your life. You can't play sports anymore. You can't go on vacation. You can't buy a house. We would ride, we would fly and do a conference in the Philippines, 18-hour flight. I'm remembering the old days when you're on a plane, the, the movie was on the screen in front of everybody, you know, all this, it didn't have individual, everybody remember that? And we would fly 18 hours, and the movie would come on, and everybody would go. Because God forbid we watched John Wayne on the movie. I think I've told you this story, but, you know, the first year that I was saved, we had, we had we, back in those days, we had revivals. We had week-long revivals every other week. And every evangelist come through, and he'd call me out and say, you're going to preach the gospel around the world. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And, oh, man, that's awesome, great. And one day I was in the church restroom. Have I told you the story? I was in the church restroom, and I'm washing my hands. And this guy, one of the church elders, you know, one of those guys who have been in the way for a long time. How many ever met one? I've been in the way for 20 years. And God's going, you sure have been in the way for 20 years. <laughs> and this guy was never happy. He was always mean. And, you know, the, your hair's too long. Your this and that. And, and I can see him standing behind me in the restroom, which is exactly where his ministry belonged. And he makes eye contact, and, and I just got, had gotten called out that night, and the guy said I was going to pre- be a preacher and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm barely saved. And he looks at me, and, he, and his eyes meet mine. I can, I can feel it. And my eyes meet mine, and he goes, God will never use you. And he was the elder, and he kind of shot. I said, I turn, and I go, why? He said, you laugh too much. <laughs> and I thought, I know nothing about Scripture. But I know I feel better and happier being born again than I did being a drug addict and a drug dealer and worrying about the police. But as I grew in the Lord, I realized that joy, you and I enjoying ourselves, is a major part of God's blessing in our lives. Remember, the Lord said, I've come to give you life. Finish it for me that life more abundant. Now, I'm telling you something. We could all probably pray longer and read more scripture and and fast longer and, you know, and all that. I'm not putting that away. But that's not what he's talking about when he says, lay your life out, spread your life out, and look at what joy comes to your life because that joy connects you to God. Now, religion, you know, I I tell people this all the time. I got saved 45 years ago. I never got religious. I tried being religious. I tried to act like a pastor. May the Lord bless you. (laughs) 
you know, I love, I love old Westerns. I, I love old cowboy movies, black and white, 50s, 60s. I love old Westerns. And have you ever noticed every time they bring a preacher in, he's the nerdiest guy, he's the dorkiest guy, he's the most down guy, when in reality, we need to be people who spread the good news. Oh, come on, somebody. Let me tell you about religion. When Tiz and I got married, when we made that trip to St. Louis, then Montana, was Anna born? Was Anna born yet? In the, we had a little Datsun pickup truck. You know, I mean, little bitty thing. You know, old. Number one color, rust. <laughs> and we in our, in our church was never, ever, ever allowed to miss church. If you miss church, you were lukewarm. And lukewarm, God spews you out of his mouth. So my family hadn't met Tiz. We have a new baby. So after church on Sunday at like 1030 at night, we got in our little Datsun, drove straight through to St. Louis, Missouri in this little Datsun, which barely had any heater, no air conditioning, and then stayed there for a day and a half so my family could meet Tiz and everything, then jumped in it, drove all the way up to Helena, Montana, and stayed there a couple of days so we would be back by Sunday morning because God, if we missed church, God was going to smash us. That's not a relationship with God. Now, I will say this. Some Christians do miss church way too much. But there's a difference between being religious and having a relationship with God. Somebody who has the joy of the Lord. You know, you, you ever meet somebody and, and you know, they, they witness to somebody and they go, oh, you need what I got. <laughs> you say, you know, I, I think I got shots this year for that. <laughs> but when you're full of joy, that's a phenomenal witness of God's presence in your life. I've come to give you life and that life more abundant. Say this after me. Jesus came, Jesus came to give me, give me a, happier, a happier, more blessed, more, blessed more, prosperous, more prosperous, more joyous, more joyous life, life this, year this year than I've ever had before. If you say amen, give the Lord a clap offering. See, religion tries to steal life. You know, I love it when we're in Israel and we're doing Shabbat or we're doing Shabbat at our home and we take the wine or the grape juice or whatever you use and you say, Lakaim, to life, not to religion. How many like the movie Fiddler on the Roof? It's great. Lakaim, Lakaim, to life, to life, to life. See, Judaism. You know, I, 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 I know I've told you that some made here. There was years ago, Jimmy, you may have been with me, and we met, remember the ultra-Orthodox rabbi in Jerusalem that knew Jesus was the Messiah? And he asked me a question. He said, you know, can I, can I ask you something that throws Jewish people? And I said, yeah, sure. And he goes, if, if Christians have God living in their heart, 
Number one, why are they so mean to each other? Good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. And if Christians have God in their heart, why do they still think God is so mean to you? You know, the whole concept of this mean, angry God came from, I won't mention what church, Rome, <coughs> to scare people. You know, I found out a long time ago, I can motivate more people to serve God than I can scare them. I've come to give you life and life more abundant. How many want more joy, more blood? Wave at me if you want that. You know, the key is get closer to God. Now, I'm going to show you something here that's just amazing. When you feel joy, ancient Jewish wisdom says, when you feel joy, you're in harmony with God and what pleases him. When you feel joy, you're in harmony with God, and this is what pleases him. There's a, there's a great movie uh, years ago. How many remember the movie Chariots of Fire? Do you remember that? Any, how many never heard of Chariots of Fire? Oh, you ought to get it. The story is comparison these two athletes. One is a devout Christian. He became a missionary, died as a missionary in China, I believe it was. The other guy was just into getting ahead. And uh, they were both Olympic runners running for England. But the one's sister was distraught because, what was the name? Eric Little, right? Eric Lytle. And she was distraught because he was supposed to be a missionary, not wasting his time running. Remember that story? And so I remember she's just, you know, you need to go be the missionary. This, this, the, you're, you're wasting. You need to do everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. And I remember they're walking in the highlands of Scotland or wherever they are. And he goes, I know I have a mission. I know God has given me a mission. Now listen to what he said. He said, but he's also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his great pleasure. And they showed it in the, in, the, in the movie. He's running, and he actually falls down. He gets up, and bum, 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 bum. And all of a sudden, the joy comes on him. And it's always stuck me. He also, he didn't just make us to pray. Is, is that okay to say this? It didn't just make us to pray and read our Bibles and, and fast. And that's all good. That's all you need to do that. Say amen. amen. But what is in your life? that gives you joy. Now, I, I love studying the Bible. I love teaching. I love preaching. But there are things that bring me joy that are more than just spiritual things. He said, when I run, I feel his great pleasure. You know, I, and when I, when I heard that, you know, I, I was a Christian when I heard it, and I thought about, you know, if, you, if you're watching your kids play a football game and they break out and they run the touchdown you know i love it when they, they show the parents up in the up in the stands you know the parents who have worked so hard to get their kids there and sacrifice and the kid and they're crying and hugging each other they those are parents that feel great joy 
on what their children are feeling. Do you get the picture? And the Bible says we're wicked parents compared to him. The parent who's the kid shoots a goal or the, or the kid who wins the spelling bee or the kid who gets the scholastic scholarship or who gets, becomes an honor student or whatever it is or the kid becomes an artist or whatever it is, that parent feels, yeah. right? Yeah. That parent feels the joy of that. That, that joy is connected to their soul. Yeah. Ancient Jewish wisdom says joy touches the innermost part of your soul why does god care about joy why is joy of the lord our strength because we're out there fighting the devil we're making a living we're doing things but when we feel joy it literally restores our soul it's a, a hebrew word that it means um like refresh it it's like you're battling us and man yeah, and you know what? Can I be real honest? When you're happy, you're a better person to be around. Amen. Don't nudge your husband, lady. I saw that. I was... <laughs> you know, I was working on this message weeks ago. I, I mean, it's, it's been percolating in me. And uh, while I was thinking about God loves us to feel joy. I was thinking about that. Luke and Jen sent us a picture of Lion, and they were at, they, they had no idea I was thinking of this. And they are at Chick-fil-A, and he and sent us a little video and says, watch this. And so Lion's sitting at the end of the table, and he's got a, either Chick-fil-A or fries or something, and he dips it in something, and he goes. <laughs> Those parents felt that joy. That's why God wants you to dip your Chick-fil-A <laughs> of life into what gives you joy. Does that make sense? As soon as, I, as soon as I thought about this message that God loves it when you feel joy, as soon as I thought about it, I thought of Lacey. Did you tell her I was going to use her? Now, you guys look at Lacey, and Lacey... She can be back. She'll say two or three words. She's so dignified and she's always quiet and cares herself so well until you're with her at a football game. <laughs> oh my gosh. The first, the first game I went to them when the kids were, their kids were playing in, Lacey's got these sh sh shakers. What are they? BBs in these shakers. Just, ah! Ah! I'm going. At first, I thought, come out of her, Lacey. <laughs> then I realized she was feeling great joy. I think I told you, I, I said, Tiz, you got to come see this. So I took Tiz to one of the games. And the team, the Argyle team was losing at halftime. And, and so I think John and I went down to get a hot dog or something. And Lacey gets all the mothers and brings Tiz. And, 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 you know, Tiz, Tiz never been to a football game. And brings them there. And I mean, these people are fanatics. You ever, you ever watch it on people take their shirts off and paint letters on their belly? People who should never take their shirts off. <laughs> ever. But they're in your, ah! They're feeling it. So uh, the, 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 
at halftime, and I think the team was losing or something. And so she brings this group together. She goes, okay, we got to pray. And so Tiz, we're going to pray. She goes, Tiz, pray. This is my pastor's wife. Tiz, pray for us. Tiz told me later, she goes, do I pray that they all break their legs on the other side? Or, you know, what do I do? But when Lacey and John are watching their kids, listen, now one of their boys, Preston, plays at Oklahoma State University. Sheridan plays at TC Tech, Texas Tech. And then they got another one playing local. And so they, they're, they're up to there driving all night there. Why? It gives them joy. And God says, I love it. I love it. I love when you have joy. You know, and I thought about, I thought about my own life. What gives me joy? I, you know, and, and there are many, many things that are spiritual. But let me back off because we think reading the Bible, studying. I love digging out the words in, in Aramaic and in Hebrew. I love that. Going, oh, wow, that's what it means. I love teaching. So because my, my whole goal in life is that you and I become more than conquerors. The more we learn, the, the, the stronger we are in the things and the blessings of God. But there are things in my life, you know, of course your family and all that, that's obvious, but there are things in my life that give me great joy. And when I was just in a religion, I wasn't allowed those things. And I thought about it, you know, I have, I have horses and I have horses and, and cows. Now this may sound weird, but I love cleaning the horse stalls. I pray down there. I love brushing my horses. I love feeding my horses. I love, I can come to the gate, go, and all the cows go, they come, they come to see daddy and I feed them. I love it. I, I, I love it. It gives, it gives me, I love my dogs. I love my dogs. You know, I just, I, I, my, I have, th- I had three dogs. One of them just passed away and uh, he was my little buddy sat on my lap, slept next to me on next to my neck and just passed away. And so we found the number of where we got him 10 years ago. And he goes, I've got his grandkids. They're being born. So I've got a puppy that's five weeks old right now. And you would think I'm looking at grandkids. I haven't looked at grandkids pictures in weeks. Send me more pictures. (laughs) Send me more pictures of blue. (laughs) And God goes, I love that you love that. You know, when I was studying this and I, and I said, God, there, there's another message. I, I, I can only, the way I get a message is it just pops into my spirit. And then I start researching everything. And this has been in my spirit for weeks and weeks. And I, and I told Tith, there's something else I need to see. Something else I need to see. And it came to me. And I found something that is absolutely amazing. One of the things that I love is the outdoors. I love being outside. You know, John and I went on a moose hunt in the Yukon. I mean, 12,000 square miles we were in, not a road. Only way you can get in is they fly a plane and drop you on a lake. And it's freezing rain. It's pouring down the wind, the howl. Yeah, no, there's no restroom. There's no nothing. And we, we're, we're sleeping in a little, literally a little shack, a little plywood shack with a little stove together and we loved every minute of it now that's not for everybody but i love it i'm out there and i'm thinking oh man looking at the mountains and and hearing the wolves and and oh there's a there's a moose john no don't shoot that moose don't shoot that moose 
loved every minute of it. But the danger of that is, is that do I love it? Would I end up loving it more than loving serving God? When we first pastored in Santa Fe, we came into Santa Fe and there's the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, the blood of Christ mountains, big mountains, wilderness areas. We'd, we'd hike in the wilderness. And I remember an, an older man, he's going to be with the Lord now, an evangelist by the name of Wes Baker. And he said, man, this place is beautiful. And he said something on the terms of make sure the outdoors don't become your God. And I was studying, and I want to end with this. Listen to this. In the Torah portion of Deuteronomy, and we won't read it, we'll write it down, read it or anything. Deuteronomy 7, 12 to Deuteronomy 11. That Torah portion in Hebrew, that portion that you read, is called ekev. And the word ekev means because or on the heels of. Literally, in the little translation, if you read in English, you see because. And, but the little translation, Hebrew translation, is on the heels of. It's actually connected with Jacob, um, uh, Jacob's name, where Jacob grabbed Esau's heel and was pulled out of the womb. We won't get into that. But it starts off, and it's telling of all these things that will bring God's people great joy. And it's just in your home, in your finances, in your family, in your life, you know, your enemies will do just all this joy. But the w first word of that is ekav, because or on the heel of. And so you have to go back a page to see, I'm getting all these blessings because, or I'm getting all these blessings on the heel of me serving God. I'm getting all these blessings because... I'm serving God, or on the heels of serving God. Joy is a powerful thing. Now, let me show you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get done in five minutes. Because joy touches your soul, your spirit. And without getting it, I'm, I'm running out of time, but... When Moses came off of it, and so in this teaching where he's showing all these things that will bring his people such great victory and joy, he says, because you serve God. And right in the middle of that, he says, and don't forget the golden calf. And so I had to go and study that. Why, why did God say that? Ancient Jewish wisdom said, when Moses came off the mountain with the tablets, they not only had built a golden calf, but they were dancing with joy before it. And he knew that joy was corrupting their soul. And so we need to make sure that the things that God gives us that brings us such joy, we need to make sure those things don't become our golden calf. Amen. Eric Little said, God made me for a mission. But when I run, 
I feel his great pleasure. And after the Olympics, he went on to be a missionary, amazing things, died in communistic China. And the Bible says, or the end of the story is when he died, all of England mourned because he never let the thing that brought him joy replace his mission of serving God. The end of this teaching is how do we make sure that doesn't happen? How do we make sure the things that we joy don't become our golden calf? And the rabbis say it so wonderfully, says, because everything, with everything you do, remember, give him all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Amen. You know, I'm from, I'm closing with this. Stand with me. I'm closing with this. I'm from, I'm from inner city, South St. Louis. I'm from, I am from the hood. And I always loved the outdoors, but in inner city St. Louis, you don't have much outdoors. I would go up to the lake, uh, up to the uh, the lake in the park, you know, where everybody's selling drugs and everything. I mean, it was the hood. It was the hood. And in the wintertime, I I wanted to fish. I wanted to hunt. I'd, I'd go, there's a sewerage river ran through right past our house and I'd grab a BB gun and go hunt rats. <laughs> Cheaper. <laughs> I'd go up to the lakes in the, in the city park when the lakes were frozen with a sledgehammer and you'd see the carp swimming under the ice and I'd follow them and bam and smack the ice and dig it out. I'm fishing <laughs> with a sledgehammer. But it was always in me. I just, I just love the outdoors. So I remember when there were seven federal warrants out for my arrest when I ran from St. Louis for dealing drugs, smuggling drugs. And we decided, let's get in a van, and we headed to Flagstaff. And I remember getting there, and here's, here's the San Francisco peaks, and here's elk and deer, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. This is heaven. And I, I remember a guy in the church, I was brand new, he goes, hey, you want to go deer hunting? with a gun so I went up deer hunting and I remember we're up we're climb up this mountain at dawn he said I'll go this way you go that way and the deer may be out in the meadow here and so I'm just I just can't believe I've I've come from from inner city South St. Louis to this and I remember standing on the edge of that uh that open meadow at the top of that mountain and the sun's rising up and the sunbeams are coming through. And, and I, remember, I remember falling on my knees and laying the gun down and lifting up my hands and saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. And I opened my eyes, there was another hunter about 50 yards away from me. And he sees me laying on my own, and I see him go. Never saw him again. He goes, I'm sure he's telling the story. We saw, we saw crazy people up there. <laughs> but you know, every place I went, every place I went, we were Flagstaff, mountains. Santa Fe, New Mexico, mountains. Even Adelaide had the mountain, the uh, man from Snowy River mountain range. Came back, Portland, mountains, elk, deer everywhere. And God said, enjoy it, because I'm moving you to Texas. (laughs) I remember when we got here, Katie goes, Dad, 
It's so flat here you could watch your dog run away for three days. <laughs> and I wonder, God, did you do that so I wouldn't be tempted to be out in the out in the wilderness, out in the mountains more than I'm in church? I still get to go to Colorado. We still we have a little place up there, and I get to go up once or twice a year. And you know what? I go out hiking with my dogs every, almost every day. I go climbing mountains almost every day. And when I get to the top of that mountain, I never fail to sit down with my dogs and say, thank you, Lord. Because it is our Father's good pleasure to give to us the kingdom of heaven. On earth, on earth. Do you receive that? Give the Lord a clap offering if you receive that. Amen. I'd like to have every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around just for a moment. Right there in your seat, can I tell you something? The way I started this teaching off is the most powerful truth I can give you. There is so much more joy in serving the Lord than there is in serving the world. Bob Dylan sang a song, you gotta serve somebody. Might as well be the Lord because he has joy unspeakable waiting for our lives. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one looking around, right where you're at, right in your seat are those that are watching around the world. You're here and you say, Pastor Larry, you know what? I miss that joy. Maybe you were saved at one time, or maybe you backslid, you fell away, you became lukewarm. Or maybe you've never known the Lord at all. But you say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, no one's looking around, no one's looking around. Lift your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me. I need to come back or I need to rededicate or whatever it is. I see that hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand, I see that hand. God bless you. Lift them up real high so I can see it through the TV lights. That hand, 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 that hand. God bless you, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. Daddy with a baby, lifting your hands. Give these people a great big clap offering, would you please? Joy connects you to supernatural spiritual energy. Isn't that amazing? Not being an old sourpuss, not being a, you know, uh, somebody who's been in the way for 20 years. You know, we, the, one of the main comments we've gotten in every one of our churches, including this church, when, when new people walk in, they go, this is the friendliest place I've ever met. This is the friendliest church I've ever been in. When people walk in, shake their hands, smile at them. Say, hi, how you doing? And mean it. Well, you know what? This has happened. Can I pray with you? Because what a mighty God we serve. Now, I want to ask you one more thing real quick. I, I, I've got three minutes. Close your eyes. I, I don't wanna, wouldn't want to embarrass anybody, but maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I really need joy in my life. 
because I feel like God will anoint you with joy. Say, Pastor, would you remember me? I need joy in my life. Lift your hand up all over the building. I need joy. I mean, that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's, I, I, I need joy in my life. 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 Amen, 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 amen. Put your hands down. You don't look at me a second. I've been out for six weeks, I think, something like that. And there's one thing Tiz in those six weeks has totally come in agreement with me on. You are never retiring. <laughs> you are never staying home all the time. But can I tell you a key to joy? Find something that makes you happy. You know, even in your job, if you're, if you're good with wood, be a, be a, do it unto the Lord. If you're good with math, do it unto the Lord. If you're good at making money, do it unto the Lord. If you're a good painter, do it unto the Lord. But also, is there something in your life that you enjoy? I enjoy my dogs. I told Tiz, I can't wait. I miss my puppy sitting on my lap. Find something that'll make, get, make you happy. You don't have to give up those things. Just make sure they don't become your golden calf. Amen. Amen. Make sure that when you're enjoying that, you're use, you're, you realize when I'm, when I'm happy, I'm having a spiritual experience because my soul is connected to a wonderful God. Let me close, let me close with this. And I, I, I hadn't meant it, just popped into my spirit. I've had two visions in my whole life. I've had two visions, real visions that lasted hours. One vision was, I was still in the group that God doesn't want you doing this. He you can't do that, you can't do that. You know, just God will get you, squish you. And I had this vision and I saw God. You understand this is totally foreign to everything I've been taught. And I saw God just raining his blessing and goodness down on people in so many different ways. It, this, this vision lasted hours. And people enjoying their homes, their families, just God raining his blessing down. And at the end of that vision, I said, God, how can I be a part of this? And you know what my first thought was? You're going to have to take your family and live in the jungles of of uh, Papua New Guinea or something like that, you know, because you got to suffer. That's what we were told. You got to suffer. And so I said, God, how can I be a part of seeing your blessing come on people in every area? My first thought was, I got to go suffer. You know what God spoke to me? Changed my life. He said, I want you to tell the world, I'm a good God. I want you to tell the world. See, the God we serve is not, I know what religion says, but he is not a hard taskmaster. Matter of fact, my Bible says his eyes are running to and fro, looking for somebody that he can bless. Lift your hands up. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, I bind the devil from every area of my life that tries to steal my joy. And I receive a special lifelong anointing of joy. 
The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I receive that right now, right now, right now, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now give the Lord a clap offering for the joy he's going to bring into your life, amen.